So many things have ruined my childhood So I go online to bitch and cry It feels like all of Hollywood is up against me They even made Optimus Fly New versions of what I grew up with Are being remade, rebooted and retried My adolescence is under attack now I think that a part of me has died Aliens, uh -huh, uh -huh. Predators, uh -huh, uh -huh. Marvel, uh -huh, uh -huh. DC, uh -huh, uh -huh. maybe it doesn't all quite sting. Okay, well, except maybe for that Jar Jar Binks. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. everyone and welcome to this podcast ruined my childhood i'm phil and with me is eric you take the blue pill you forget there were ever any sequels to the original matrix you take the red pill and you have to suffer with the rest of us That's right, everybody. This week we're going to be talking about, I guess, the suffering we've all gone through <laughs> since 1999. So The Matrix was a film that came out in 1999, which was the perfect time for a movie like this to come out for me. But it's been followed up by two sequels and now a requel that just came out at the end of 2021, The Matrix Resurrections. Eric, take me back to 1999. And did, did you see this one in the theaters? Uh, I did. Mm -hmm. um also i'll i'll slightly retract a little suffer is strong i wouldn't say i suffered through the sequels but uh they they definitely were uh not the juggernaut that was the original matrix mm -hmm. uh i knew very little about the matrix when it came out uh my friends were all hyped up about it and uh i was actually living in las vegas at the time and we went to this huge uh, movie theater that was part of one of the casinos. I think it was part of the Rio and uh, it was awesome. Like it, it was one of the coolest theaters I've been to because I came from small town and we just had basic movie theaters. This was one of the like biggest I'd ever been in and so fancy. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. Mm -hmm. And my friends to see this brand new, never seen before, amazing, incredible CGI film wanted to sit in the front row the absolute worst way to watch the matrix for the first time why would anybody Dude, do that to themselves i know and it was a crowded theater and i guess i could have just said you know what no guys you, you sit in the front then i'll just go sit because there were enough seats in the back we could have sat somewhere else but they're like come on no 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 it's gonna be awesome you just you slouch way down low and you look up and sure, maybe for other films that are a little slower, but like, I was so confused in the first five, ten minutes of the movie because I'm sitting that close to the screen, I was tilting my head back and forth, back and forth, and I couldn't even wow. comprehend, you know, the, I, the very first time I see Carrie Ann Moss's like bullet time jump spin around 360 move, mm -hmm. I'm like, what is... Like, literally, I had to keep turning my head side to side to take it all in. Anyway, eventually I got used to it through the rest of the film. But, man, I it, it was in the rewatch that I really got to appreciate how cool that first scene was. Yeah. But, anyway. So, yeah, I was uh, I was super impressed. And when they said they were going to be making sequels, I was I was jacked up. But, uh, but, anyway, that was my first exposure to The Matrix. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, what a sad way to see it <laughs> i know um so for me yeah this came out in march at the end of march in 1999 which was just the end of my senior year so just you know the tail end of my senior year in high school and a bunch of friends and i went to see it in the theaters and man it like changed my life it was one of those movies that I didn't know anything about, same as you. I wasn't anticipating 
it just looked kind of cool from the trailers, but I had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in the trailer, the first trailer that was released, they showed the scene of Smith and Neo jumping towards each other in the subway station and the bullets going around or past their heads as the, the camera spun around. And I was like, what is this? And I just, you know, I needed to see it, but I, mm-hmm. I still just didn't know what to expect. And I'll tell you, I think I saw it in the theaters at least three times, maybe four, because it blew me away. It, going into 1999, there were a lot of really good movies coming out that year, but I was the most anticipating the Star Wars prequel. Yeah, I was going to say, I was Phantom Menace year. Mm-hmm. And that was coming out around my birthday, if I remember, right? May, May release? Yep. Um, and so I was really excited to go see Star Wars on my birthday. And back then, you know, the internet was a thing, but it wasn't a thing like it is today. Right. And so I, I was reading like Entertainment Weeklies mm-hmm. here in movies, you know, the the preview of twenty of nineteen ninety nine. And Matrix was in there, but I just don't I don't know that I really paid attention to the one page about it. But man, when I saw this in the theaters the first time, I just I had to soak it all in multiple times to get it. And it's still to this day, I can I can basically watch the film and recite the whole movie. And I didn't know that I could still do that until I rewatched it a wow. couple weeks ago. That's pretty good. It's I when I got it on DVD, it was one of the first DVDs I ever got to. And I watched it over and over and over again. Um because I was going to college at the end of that year in in 1999, and I was able, I got a computer that specifically had a DVD player in it, like a desktop with a DVD drive. And I remember I bought like three or four movies to go with me to college, and The Matrix was one of them. And I just well, watched it over and over and over again. And it's because it's an easy film to watch because. Mm-hmm and we're going to get into this, but it was so simple. It's, mm-hmm. are we living in a computer program? Go, that's it. You know? Yep. And that there was nothing that much more complicated or, or, you know, even, I mean, it's a deep, it's a deep movie and it's got, it deals with complex issues, but to watch, it's just an easy watch. I think is what you right. That's well, what that's the thing. If you want to go deep with it, you can, yeah. if you want to, in your own head, like explore all of the meaning, if, you know, what is life? Where are we really? Is there, are we a computer program? You know, are we, you know, a sack of marbles in a New York City train locker, you know, mm-hmm. like Men in Black? <laughs> like you can, you can go down so many, but if you just want so a simple film, holes. yeah, if you just want a simple film where it's like, hey, what if we're in a computer and here's what you could do? And then, you know, just extrapolate that into your own life, how you see fit. It's like, yeah, pretty neat. And it, it's just mm-hmm. so easy. And then they fall into the problem of the sequels where they took their own success and were like, okay, now let's really drop some heavy, you know, philosophical, you know, ergo vis-a-vis on them. And it's like, oh man, but that's not to say, and like I said, suffer is strong, but uh, I, I really liked the matrix uh, reloaded because it, I, I was with reloaded all the way up until the like three quarter point when they finally got the key master and then he went in his long exposition and then we got the architect and he went into his long exposition and then it's like oh my goodness and then the kind of strange ending where now the computer program smith is now a human in the real world and Mm -hmm. It just got a little strange, but to the three quarter point, I was all in the, the, the fighting in the, in the, uh, Merovingians hotel there, the, mm-hmm. the two, uh, white twin dreadlock yeah. ghosts and yeah. just all of it. So good. Of course, the Smith playground scene, it, mm-hmm. it really, for me, the, the best part of the matrix is the original and to the three quarter point of the second one. And then mm-hmm. revolutions just got nuts. What was your yeah. impression of the second one? 
Well, I, I think kind of the same as you. I was on board. I was so excited. I was like, I couldn't believe that they were coming out with two movies in the same year that they shot back to back. Right. And that just, was awesome, too. Yeah. I just expected it to be just as impactful as the first. And you're right. They went very heavy handed and they they leaned into what it means to be the one and what it means to be controlled and the I honestly can't continue like I rewatched all of them to get ready for the new one and I was so bored every time we cut to Zion yeah and I understand you have to have that piece of this film but yeah it was just so weird like we get introduced to Zion Right, and within the first ten minutes of being introduced to Zion, we're we're hit with all of these characters, and then there's this party rave scene in a cave <laughs> that I just don't. Still to this day, I don't understand why it has a place in the film. But going back into the Matrix, the Oracle tells them they have to go talk to the Merovingian, who is a program that is like a rogue program. Right, he's chaos or something. Well, no, he he creates pleasure or something like that because he he is the one who writes the program for what a piece of cake does that then gives a woman a sensation that he needs to go into the restroom and have his way with her i very very odd and interesting but he's a rogue program that's not part of the matrix anymore but he still lives in the matrix and he's like this rich french asshole that right has the key maker locked in his dungeon and yeah, that scene, the fight scene was awesome, but then they go break the keymaker out and then they have to go through a bunch of doors to get into a garage and then the cool chase scene on the on the freeway. Yeah. That's... That then goes nowhere after that. Right. But to that point, I remember being in the theater, sitting in an appropriately distanced seat from the screen, loving that whole highway scene and then mm-hmm. neo at the end like whoosh was i rem- the theater erupted in applause at that mm-hmm. point yeah. that was just so so awesome mm-hmm. and now that i think about it were you with me because i i saw it at universal we, we probably did see this because both the second and third together we probably did because i remember kevin was there and he had a girl with him that he was dating at the time. Cause then we all went to alehouse afterwards to get some food, some drinks and talk about the movie. And the girl he was dating was just like, I didn't really get it. Like I'm more of a legal yes, blonde type. I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. We did see it together. That relationship didn't go much further beyond that. Kevin was like, no, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But that's funny that you said that too. In again, the Matrix, you were we didn't have like the internet as we know it now, and so I was the same way for Revolutions and or Reloaded and Revolutions because yeah, I was like glued to my EWs. I was reading everything I could because that's that's how you got your info back then. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And I know, I know, we talked about the movie a lot. And we still, even I, I was still optimistic that the third one was going to be better and wrap things up really well. And it turns out that it didn't. Yeah, and I wasn't too upset with that. I mean, maybe in the moment I was, but now it's taking a step back. I think the third one, I just, I can't really get into it because there, just the CGI fest there of shooting the robots and all that there's some cool moments in there and there's some cool CGI, but ultimately I I remember thinking like, what am I watching? Like you took me on this philosophical ride through the second one and now you're just blasting machines. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And I just, yeah. But then I like that they did kind of get back to their own philosophy to have Neo. Well, I just, I, I don't get how he has the powers outside of the Matrix. It doesn't, I mean, I guess it makes sense because he's the one, but it doesn't make sense because he was the one in the Matrix, not outside of the Matrix. I don't know. It was very, it's, it seemed like they kind of broke some of their own rules. 
Sure. Um, but vis-a-vis, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> I got to say that, too, about Revolutions gave some of the best parody material for MTV. Mm-hmm. I I still, when I whenever I think about The Matrix, I am right that, that the next thought that will never be disassociated is Will Ferrell as the architect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And Sean William Scott as Smith and just the who farted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stifflers. That Focus. was on the uh That was the MTV Movie Awards, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then when they go to the Zion Rage and Andy Dick is in the crowd and then he's like, Morpheus, Morpheus, is what we have heard true? What you have heard is true. Now, what what can we expect at this rave? Machines. <laughs> <laughs> the way they edited that together. So funny. Oh, I love it. <laughs> the parallel between Smith and Neo is one of the most interesting parts of the Matrix and, and the yin and yang side of them. And... I feel like that the way the movie was approaching that in Reloaded was really interesting. And you're right, that like that playground scene where he starts becoming more of the population was really cool. But at the end of Revolutions, when Neo goes to Zion and they the machines plug him in to fight Smith, the entire population has been taken over by Smith. And I just don't understand why the machines didn't do what they've said they've done before, which is hard reboot the system, you know, because they've said that the matrix has been rebooted seven times. Right. The architect tells them that. So why didn't they just do that to purge Smith out of the system? Well, I I guess they said every time that they, they reboot, it kills everybody. So they have to start from scratch, but it, it just feels like uh, if they were scared of Neo and Smith was taking over, just do it again. Well, and see, and that's, that's what I mean. The first one was just right to the point, very simple. What if we were living in a computer program? But then it went into this, yeah, we've already done this seven times, and every time they make the choice and blah, blah, blah. But this time he made the different choice which was the only choice for him because every single head on all the monitors turn and he goes after uh, Trinity, but everybody else went the other way. And, and again, that means there were what seven other ones, Mm -hmm. the ones in all of these other seven alternate, you know, times or not alternate, but previous. Previous Anyway, that's just where it gets all, it just gets way too, too muddy. And, and I think, if they could keep some of that, definitely keep some of that. But but that is where uh, Revolu- uh, Reloaded, to me, just gets long. Like I said, after the highway chase, like you said, that kind of went nowhere. And now we got to listen to Keymaster. And then after the Keymaster, we listened to the Architect. It felt like just too much. Mm-hmm. Like the Keymaster itself should have been it. And then once we're there, then let's just go right to the architect instead of listening to, I I just feel like that's where it gets wordy for me. And then it's just, again, it's just too, too much, but. But but, again, like, yeah, what what they kept trying to do is push the envelope, right? The first matrix gave us bullet time. And so aside from all of the waxing poetic about life and about choice and about, um, who you are as a person, the the Wachowskis just kept trying to up their game with visual effects, mm-hmm. right? And so that's another thing that I think was difficult in these films is that they gave us bullet time, and it was the first film that ever had bullet time, which then everybody tried to copy. Mm-hmm. So what did they do in the next two is they kept just trying to up the CGI and up the fighting but they couldn't come up with anything better than bullet time. So a lot of the fights get pretty boring because they don't do anything new, even though they're trying to do something new. 
and the CGI just gets kind of stale, I guess. I don't know the right word for it, but when he's fighting yeah, you're just all of the Smiths. Well, not even that you're desensitized, but when he's fighting all the Smiths, there's so much in it that looks fake. Where the bullet right. time in the first movie looked phenomenal and, and real, like it could have been happening. Right. Where some of the moves he's doing on Smith and some of the moves Smith's doing on him, when all the Smiths are attacking him in the playground, it looks fake. Yeah. And I can let that go because it's a cool scene, but it mm-hmm. looks fake. And then in the third movie, when there's all the Smiths lining the streets of the city oh, yeah. and they're doing like the, the crazy, they're flying together against each other. It's just, I don't know, not, it just doesn't feel right anymore. Mm-hmm. But I have to take a step back and go back to the first movie because I just need to impress. I love the little character of Mouse. I thought he was like a fun little guy that's in and out of the Matrix. And he had a lot to say that, I mean, I'm sure he was horny and that's beside the point. But he was like a cool, young, impressionable guy that got shot down immediately. The Wachowskis did Mouse dirty. Honestly, I can't remember how he died. He was at the safe room where they were going to go back uh, using the phone. Oh, after Deja Vu. Yeah, right after Deja Vu. And he goes and checks the wall and the windows turned into brick, which if they set up that as a tool that the machines can use, why didn't they use it ever again? I don't understand, but the the SWAT team goes into the room and just shoots him right away. The first movie has so many memorable scenes, like the, when they go back into the Matrix after Morpheus is taken, and oh, yeah. he says guns, and they're in the white room, and just all these racks of guns flow in. And then right. the scene right after that, I... I loved the scene in the lobby so much that I downloaded the music and I put it on a mix CD that I made myself in 1999 because I just loved the music in that sequence. Just awesome bass and just great drums. It was just so cool. That whole sequence is phenomenal going up to the roof where we see the bullet time go around Neo and he does the Trinity help. Even like you said, with with all the over the top CGI that they tried in the in the second one that seemed fake, what also started to seem fake again with all the talking, talking, talking was like the actual caring about characters too. Mm-hmm. Like it got so just layered and confusing, and like who who what are we really doing here? And what's this real Zion and the fake Zion and it's the you know the real world and the fake world, all that stuff. It just but in the first one, like, you cared for Morpheus, right? Lawrence Fishburne up in that room just getting the crap beat out of him. And, you know, and Smith, that was another great scene. That was real complex acting, you know? Just the, yeah. the way he, you people, you disgust me. And just that was so good. Hugo Weaving just put so much into that. Yeah. But then you just slowly start losing that in revolutions and i think or in uh, reloaded Reload. and then in revolutions i think you've completely lost it because by the time you know trinity dies and neo sacrifices himself and also dies i i didn't care as much for them the way i cared for them in the first one. Oh yeah for sure you just for you sure. just it just got too talky and too too disassociated with what it started mm-hmm and so that's kind of a good point to jump into this fourth installment, Matrix Resurrections, because, again, these characters that, and I'm speaking for myself, loved in the first one, still cared about in the second mostly, but then by the third one, didn't understand the world now that as it's being presented. And once Neo dies and Trinity dies, it's like, okay, humanity saved, and they were the heroes at the end, and they pulled it off, kind of a suicide mission. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And they're gone, and that's fine. And I was content to leave them there. So then when you're starting yeah. Matrix Resurrections, you've got to bring two people literally back from the dead. You watch them die in the real world. So, mm-hmm. so then 
and I'll buy it if the computers and the robots or machines or whatever have the ability to reconstruct them, fine. But then they also decided you need to reconstruct them and put them back in a matrix. And because apparently we can't get rid of all their original memories and they still have to sort of have it, let's make everything meta. And <laughs> it it's kind of funny, but then it's also not i think the meta is getting i think meta is just getting too overdone now it's like the you know the single camera mockumentary style television show it was funny and it in it but then it, it's just too much now what made matrix different get after with your head people want us up in their gray space switching their synaptic wtf light on hey didn't love the first one. I've got zero tolerance for anything that requires a syllabus and a highlighter. I like my games big, loud, and dumb. I need guns. Lots of guns. Matrix means mayhem. Mindless action is not on brand. She's right. Matrix is mind-born. Philosophy in shiny. Type BBC. The ideas are the new sexy. Obviously, the Matrix is about trans-politics. Crypto-fascism. It's a metaphor. Of capitalist exploitation. This cannot be another reboot, retread, regurgitate. Why not? Reboot self. We are so far down the wrong rabbit hole here, people. You say Matrix. This is what they see. <laughs> Allow me to sum up our goal in a single word. Bullet time. We need a new bullet time. We need to revolutionize gaming. Again, revolutionize gaming. Again, again. So I was just initially chuckled at the at the meta nature of Resurrections, but I didn't like think it was brilliant. I thought it was more of a well, let's let the audience know that you know we understand this isn't going to be great. It's kind of the way <laughs> I sort of took some of their like when they say, oh, well, you know, we need to, when he was talking to a psychiatrist or, or, mm -hmm. or, or not a psychiatrist, the analyst, and he's, or maybe it wasn't him. I can't remember which character he's talking to, but basically about Warner Brothers doing it before Warner Brothers did it or, or before anybody else got the rights or whatever. It, it essentially alluded to the fact of, hey, we wanted to get to this before anybody else could get to this. Not necessarily because we have a great idea, but just because we want to control it. Yeah. Well, and that's some of the some of the backlash that Lana Wachowski is getting online by people that are reviewing it is that Warner Brothers wanted this movie so bad for years. Since 2003, they've wanted it. And both Wachowskis said they would never make a follow-up. Mm -hmm. But when she finally caved to make it and announced it in 2019, it's like the whole movie is a middle finger back at Warner Brothers. Right. She's like, how about I give you the finger and you let me make this movie? <laughs> I'm sure you can understand why our beloved parent company, Warner Brothers, has decided to make a sequel to the trilogy. They inform me they're going to do it with or without us. I know you said the story was over for you, but that's the thing about stories. They never really end, do they? We're still telling the same stories we've always told, just with different names, different faces. After all these years, to be going back to where it all started, back to the Matrix. You're right. A lot of the meta nature is just too over the top. And I think she did that on purpose to either because she thought it was a good idea or because she's giving, like I said, Warner Brothers the finger that like you wanted me to make this movie. So I'm just going to throw it back in your face. And I can't tell which way it is. And online, a lot of people can't tell which way it is either. <laughs> right. Um, and and it's it's funny it's because there were some you know funny ways to do it it's uh or I mean there were funny jokes in there with it it's just I I just felt like it was too much like give me the wink and move on mm -hmm. but but yeah like you said it's like are you trying to make more of a point <laughs> well it's like in this movie you you just said it and give us a wink and move on it's like the wink lasted for thirty minutes mm -hmm. I mean getting to the way we feel about it I think people can already tell i didn't love it the action scenes were boring 
the new deja vu time or the slow time or whatever the analyst called it was rewind. I don't remember exactly what he called it, but it was very, very well yeah. done in the first the first time we see it. But there wasn't really any action. It was just all talking. Right. And then the actual action was just slow and like I said, boring. It was just boring. The whole end sequence. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. For for a movie that started off it, it's franchise as the cutting edge. This felt like to me, and again, who knows if this was just a middle finger to Warner Brothers, fine, but obviously a lot of effort was still put into this. And I feel like uh, Tenet is the new gold mm-hmm. standard for how you do oh, yeah. like a sci-fi crazy new way of filming things. And Matrix kind of was like, well, we started all this. Now look what we can do. And it's like, mm, no, no, you didn't top yourself. <laughs> nope. And even like the fight, the fight with the old programs was supposed to be cool. And it, it wasn't right. It was boring and lazy. Yeah, it was dark. The only thing that I liked was when Smith and Neo fought in the bathroom downstairs below the warehouse they were in i thought that was really cool and there were a couple good callbacks to their fights in the first movie like the punching through the the columns and yeah there's one sequence where smith where neil goes to kick smith and smith grabs him and in the first film he throws him mm-hmm. but this time he like gave a little smile because he knew throwing him didn't really do anything last time so he does a roundhouse kick and kicks him back into the wall which i thought was was cool was fun and funny and i was like oh maybe maybe this movie's gonna actually start turning the corner with this fight scene because this fight scene is really good and it just didn't neo used his his brand new force field against punches powers and then used his force field power to push Smith through a wall, and then Smith didn't get up again. Yeah. And they left. Yeah, just none of it. None of it really worked. I mean, it didn't not work. It mm-hmm. just it didn't it didn't wow me. Like I said, I feel I feel like Yeah. And I'm gonna paint even a broader stroke. These requels, whatever you want to call them now, are mm-hmm. I'm a- actually I think they're even getting tired now. Like Force Awakens was basically Star Wars again, but a little different. This was The Matrix again, but a little different. You know, Ghostbusters, it it was completely different from Ghostbusters, but even so, using the same property, the same characters, the same universe, it it just, Mm -hmm. ugh, I, I, I don't like this. We're starting over, but it's a sequel, but it's it's new, but it's not continuing. You know, it, it, it's, it's this strange yeah. mishmash of what we're, I don't know. Yeah. At least Indiana Jones is just continuing further in time, right? There's there. It's yeah. not it requilling. Is. We're not going to have to go back to Nazi Germany. You know, it's like, all right. So <laughs> at least Indiana Jones for whatever, you know, well, well that's we'll what see. I mean. We'll see. If, if, at least it's taking place in what I guess it'd be the sixties or seventies or whatever, whatever time place they decide to yep. put it. I haven't read too much about it. I don't mm-hmm. want to, I just want to go see it and cross my fingers that it's better than <laughs> yeah, crystal skull. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but at least, yeah, that's kind of going forward. I'd hate to think they rewrote Raiders of the Lost Ark to fit some sort of 60s thing, you know, and we're watching the same notes, but, oh, modern. Oh, remember? Because in the 40s, he had to do it this way or the 30s, and now he's doing it this way. Anyway, but yeah, I'm just not a fan of this. And especially when you're literally, and it's even in the title, resurrecting two characters who flat out died. I will say the ideas this movie had were really good. I really liked the analyst plan. I really liked the meaning behind why they needed to be in the matrix together to sustain it. I really liked 
I mean, Neil Patrick Harris's portrayal of the analyst was great. Jonathan Groff, who would have ever thought Jonathan Groff would be Smith and play it so well? I thought he was great in it. But everything that we already talked about, like the the winks and the nods and the the deja vu of this film compared to the first was just too heavy handed for me to get past it. If they had done it just a little bit differently, and I don't even know exactly how they could have done it a little differently, but I mean, I guess not as heavy handed in the beginning, just draw parallels instead of show them over and over and over and bash us over the head with it. I, I like the ideas. I like the ideas of how their bond is what kept the matrix together and that the analyst said that this specific type of fear and yearning is what makes the most the maximum output from the human as far as electrical impulses are concerned and and I thought that's actually really really great no, to no. think about that no we already know from monsters inc laughter makes more energy than fear come on that's true we already know monsters this inc. monsters inc taught us this phil <laughs> mm-hmm. you're right you're right if only some of the doors that they opened in the matrix resurrections took them to monstropolis but see that. what i think the problem was is neo was supposed to be the ultimate battery where they didn't need to use humans as batteries anymore and there you go but they didn't clean mm-hmm. up there was not a clean through line from the end of revolutions to the beginning of resurrections like in my head now neo died but also i didn't necessarily see him as completely dying as much as sacrificing himself in some sort of weird transient state where his body is the battery the ultimate battery so he's not really alive alive but he's not really dead he's just a thing you could have picked it up from there like neo is still charging the matrix but his body has worn out or something like they didn't even reference like how revolutions ended you could have just had neo Mm -hmm. only in the matrix like he found a way as the battery to get into the matrix and but the matrix i guess the matrix wasn't even necessary after Neo became the battery, even though they did recreate the Matrix at the end, that little girl says, I made the sunset for Neo. Oh, that's nice. And it's like, Mm -hmm. but why do they even need the Matrix if the robots aren't using humans anymore? Again, that wasn't completely clear, but it just wasn't ever acknowledged out. Well, I think I think they're always I think they're always going to need to use humans. And that was that's the problem. If the machines and humans are going to coexist, the humans need to understand that. And and the analyst says it, but the sheeple, and they even say it in the first movie, there are people that are happy living obliviously. And they just want to go about their fake life because they don't want anything more. See, I thought that was actually a good nod and, uh, when they were showing uh, Neo going mm-hmm. through his life in and out day after day after day there in that little montage and it showed him eating steak. That was cool. Cause that was a neat reference to. Mm-hmm. I like the noodles too. There was a good reference. He's eating noodles. And in the first movie, he's like, I used to eat there all yeah. the time or whatever he says. And he goes, great noodles. Anyway, those were cool little like nods to yes, the daily grind and everybody is going through this and everybody's still eating steak, thinking it's steak. Their brain is telling them it's steak, even though, as Cypher said, it's not really there. So so I did like that. And and that reminds us, you know, of the, quote, sheepleness of life, you know. But yep. Yep. I still didn't like that there was no direct bridge from how revolutions ended, except for Neil Patrick Harris the analyst to just say oh yeah well we had to do it all again and i figured a better way to do it and it's like but Mm -hmm. couldn't tell me a little bit more and that's what i was reading a lot of critics were saying is for as much talking as they did they didn't explain anything 
And Neo, even an hour into it, when he finally wakes up and in the real world and he's unplugged and he's sitting in the the ship, says, so I'm right back where I started. Nothing's changed. And it's like, ugh. Yep. Yeah. When, when they go to Io, which is the new city, and you see Jada Pinkett Smith again, but done in this really bad old woman makeup, I was like, ugh. Come on. And I guess they they tried because now there are some machines that are interacting with humans and they're okay. And they're making strawberries that taste like strawberries from the Matrix, which... Snozberries taste like snozberries. They tried really hard to, to move it forward. And it just fell flat again. It just fell flat to me. I, I like, I guess, that the humans and machines are working together there to make lives better in io but i don't understand how the humans letting their their counterparts in pods live is is okay to them i it just none of it made that much sense again i I, the fact that Mm -hmm. they didn't bridge the two movies where we left off and where we're picking up i just didn't Mm -hmm. i didn't well, I mean, they did. They did. They just didn't do it well. They It's 60 years later or so. Niobe downloaded all the exposition of what happened between the two. She said the machines never returned your bodies. And Morpheus became the Grand High Council person and he loved it. And then when he died, Niobe became the Grand High Council person. And they... She gave us the info that now humans and, and machines are working together and there's this cool new technology where Morpheus can be outside of the matrix as this weird little magnetic ball thing. And it was, it was a fun and interesting way to do it. They just didn't lean into it hard enough that it made me care. I think that's the problem is that a lot of this movie there's, like I said before, there were really good ideas, but they didn't lean into any of those ideas hard enough that I cared. And about maybe that's just on. my problem. Is maybe it was sort of explained, but I just was like, okay, you just kind of ticked a box there. Because mm-hmm. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, feel and like that's I got truly a what it felt like. Explanation on anything. Yeah, well, that's that's what it felt like. It felt like they checked boxes, but they they didn't do it well enough or strong enough, and they had all these years from 2003 to 2021 to make it interesting and different and better. And they didn't. And the only thing that I can think of is by believing what's been written online, which is that Lana didn't want to do it, but she finally caved. And when she caved, she was going to give Warner brothers the middle finger. Then why cave? You know what I mean? Why cave then? She needs money. I but then if, needs but money, then why, why give the middle finger to somebody well, who's going to give you money to make yeah. the movie? If you know, if you're going to cave, you know, cave in and make, make a better passion project yeah. out well, of it. Do you know that the film, they started filming in the beginning of 2020 and everything shut down because of the pandemic and Lana almost didn't finish it. Um, it was halted. So filming was halted in March of 2020. And she said, I don't think I'll ever finish the film. I'll just let it go as like one of the most legendary incomplete films. That's just not meant to be seen, but the cast convinced her. And I I read this article that the character who plays bugs was like, we just kept saying, we have to finish it. We have to finish it. We have to finish it. And so she agreed and on August, in August of 2020, they went back to filming and it was Berlin. I don't know. Maybe they shouldn't have continued. Yeah. It, it just was. a, And then the way it ends, they fly in and, and it turns out that at the end of the day, Trinity is actually the one who had even more power than Neo or. Well, no, 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 no. The Matrix can only survive with the two of them. And so. When the analyst put them back in, their source code was intertwined. 
And because their source code is intertwined, she starts taking on powers of the one. And that's why at the end, they both have the same power. And then they can together, because they're so strong together, they can recreate however they see fit. Sure. Their team, whatever. I just didn't, I just wasn't, I don't know. Even, even Neo at one point, it's like, can you do this? Oh, that's not going to happen. Why? The flying. Why? <laughs> just because? Like He's not powerful enough yet. There's no, I guess. But there's no reason for that. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Except, ex- seriously, except for just at this point in the movie, I don't want you doing it. So you're mm-hmm. just going to say you can't. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's like, you know, when Superman conveniently can't do something even though we right. could have just done it. Right. I, I just, yeah, I don't know where they, I don't know where they go from here because there, there was for 60 years peace and now they're in the matrix, like, and they're going to make it their own. So wouldn't the machines rebel against that? Well, but again, why, why isn't there peace anymore? I don't know. I guess. I guess if they're going to recreate the matrix because people don't want to leave, the machines are going to be fine with that because they still have their power. For people that don't want to leave, I don't. That's what I, I mean. You, that's why the first one just should never have been mm-hmm. sequelized. Just yep. it was perfect. It was simple. It was there's a computer program. We're actually batteries, and then it's just there. You go. Wouldn't that be weird if that was true? And here's a little adventure. Mm-hmm. The end. That's great. I mean, it was just, it was so, so good. And then, then they just decided to make what, what it's like between revolutions and, and reloaded almost five more hours. Mm -hmm. And more than that. And it just, it just barely made sense at the end. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and i don't know like i don't know what they expect to have happen once they start rebuilding because in the second film when he meets the architect they talk about how humans lived in a paradise right. and it it didn't work right because people couldn't believe or maybe smith is the one that said that in the first movie. No, I, th- I think and it might have been the architect. The architect, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was because cause that's when yeah. we started. Like We knew there were like a- matrixes of the past, yeah. Right, and that's where it's sort of, you know, alluding to like mm-hmm. biblical stories, yep. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in past versions, they had free will. So them rebuilding to give people free will, which is what they tell the analysts they're going to do. It doesn't, it's, it's not going to end well. I don't know. The movie contradicts a lot of what came before. And that's another problem. Right. I don't know. I I just, I can't get over how bad the end fight scene or, or action scene or whatever you want to call it was with them driving around the city and Smith has taken over because the analyst was defeated for a moment and Smith took over to then initiate his own swarm mode, which was a kind of cool idea. Instead of having agents take over people, you can just put in the source code of each person that they can get controlled. But he takes over swarm mode and makes everyone instead of him becoming everybody like in the third film he just makes them all go after him but they then become mindless zombies i don't i don't know it, and then it's just lazy i like, how did how did any of the people get to cars when all those hundreds of people were running at them from all four intersected streets and then I, when they were in cars how did they survive i'll be honest i was very disturbed like i even kind of made like a cringe face when the people just start throwing themselves out of windows. Oh yeah, yeah, for and sure. hitting the ground. It was like, oh, is this like I yeah. get it? They're not really real, 
but they are well right in they're they're, all in pods somewhere well right in the pods i I guess Mm -hmm. that's what i mean is these are not physical people jumping out of windows this is their matrix manifestations jumping out of windows but even still i was like this isn't I don't think this is cool or neat. This no, is the jumping out of windows was dis- awful, disturbing, mm-hmm. extremely, especially when it showed that first guy do it. Yes, the, the quote unquote wife screams, and he goes straight down and just follows him, land, and splat. And they were trying to make it cool, right? They were trying to make it interesting because when they hit the ground, you could see Matrix code. Right, and that's what that's what I meant when I said they're not real because they're this their manifestation. But yes, link to somebody in a pod that just died because mm-hmm. if you die in the matrix, you die in the you real die for world. real. Yep. So, ugh. yeah, yeah, it was not not cool. But yeah, anyway, I don't know, man. Like I said, just at the end of it, I wasn't. You know, again, I got, I got to sit at home, watch it from the couch. So, no skin yeah. off my back to leave right. home. Right. But, Same. but, so when it was yeah. done, I didn't really complain hard about it. And I don't even know if I'm complaining that hard about it now as much as I was just like, it just didn't make sense, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I thought, yeah. I thought Keanu Reeves, like you, you mentioned the cast. I think Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss were good in their reprisal slash non-reprisal because (laughs) they don't have their own (laughs) memories, right? Mm -hmm. But I thought they were good. Neil Patrick Harris, I always enjoy. Yeah, he's Um, he's great. And he played the role well. He did a really good job, in my opinion. Right, because I felt like as he's the analyst, which is sort of the old architect I felt like there was a bit of a connection, but I really felt no connection. I know you said he did a great job. Maybe as far as an actor, yes, but as a character, I wasn't into Smith. I wasn't into new Morpheus. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I didn't really uh, care for, uh, yeah, Jada in that just not good old makeup. That just didn't look right. Yeah. Because I mean they didn't they didn't bad. they didn't overage Neo. Mm-mm. Well, I guess it's supposed to be sixty years, so I guess technically but I but still they didn't overage Neo even well, no, for and, and they didn't because I think they tried to explain it that it took years for them to rebuild him. Right, I and know, so I know. He didn't age because they were yeah rebuilding him. I don't right. I I get and then, that. So he's been in the matrix again, in reinserted for twenty years. Right, and and so he does look twenty years older. Right, but she needed to look sixty years, but it mm-hmm. still just didn't look. Yeah, I don't know. Yep, yep. I I agree. I agree. Yeah, the Yaya. Or however you say his name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen the second as Morpheus. He he tried. He tried, but he. They, I think, he sat down and watched the first three movies and said, "All right, I'm going to play this role exactly like Fishburne did." Instead of. He he, he even said Neo programmed him, in his modal as a combination of Smith and Morpheus. So why did he only act like Morpheus once he left? He should have had traits of both and he didn't. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't believe it. I didn't like it, but yeah, no, I, I thought Jonathan Groff as Smith was awesome. I thought he did a great job and he, same thing is like he portrayed the Smith character, but he put a different spin on it. He was like an evolved version, which is what Smith's thing in the whole first three movies was, was that he, he learned from Neo that he could evolve and that he didn't have to live by the rules of the matrix. Right. I I didn't like how the third film showed that where he had all the powers, almost all the powers of the one, but I did like 
in this movie how he said, I'm not going back. I'm not being controlled by the analyst again. I'm never letting that happen. And he he learned how to get through the deja vu time or whatever, rewind or whatever we'd call it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. There, between him and and the other Morpheus, there they didn't do anything to me distinct enough either way, or even brand new, like the way Hugo Weaving impressed me with mm-hmm. his Mister Anderson mm-hmm. cadence, mm-hmm. like that. Like it wasn't just that. Like even his motions, the way he turned his head slowly, you know, or mm-hmm. how, his whole—he physically embodied a character to me. I I didn't get that from either one of those guys. I didn't think they were bad actors. I just didn't get anything new or or even yeah. retro out of either of them. I I couldn't I couldn't discern anything. Okay. Also. Well- and again, this is a broad strokes. These new movies, these requels, they, they're, there's so much focus on being the old thing that they don't quite make their new thing and the new stuff they make. And I see this in reviews. So I know this isn't just me. And, and I know this isn't the only way to judge a movie, but these new movies are not quotable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's there's yep. nothing you walk out of these movies like, not that you got to be a parrot every time you walk out of a movie. I'm not saying that's the only criteria to judge a movie, but it's just to me saying like the script is weak if you can't walk out of the movie. Same thing like if you walk out of a musical and you can't hum one song from that mm-hmm. musical you just sat through, it means that music just didn't have that, that catchy good feel that you know, strikes a real chord with you, but like the original matrix, you know, there's just uh, no pun intended. There's just, you know, like there is, there is no spoon, right? Mm -hmm. Red pill, blue pill, you know, stay in wonderland, you know, Whoa, I know Kung Fu just repeating that and saying, I still know Kung Fu. Trying to hit me and hit me. Yeah. Just it, it. And, and I, and I would say that especially in resurrections, it's almost making it glaringly clear that this is not the old matrix you remember by playing scenes of the old matrix in the movie. Now, and to having, an ex- having them quote it as well. Yes. And to an extent, that was kind of cool. But then I immediately didn't like it. Like, oh, yeah. that looks sweet. Like when they first walked onto that stage mm-hmm. and the thing, and I'm like, neat. And then I'm like, ah, oh, but now I just want to watch the original Matrix. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. You overplayed your hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's kind of why earlier I said it had a lot of really good ideas. And it just, the execution was poor. I thought it was funny that when he first saw his his version of Morpheus come out of the bathroom stall that he said, yeah, don't you remember? I mean, it, you saw me in a great room with a chair and now I just walked out of a toilet, which I thought, huh, I, I remember that. But it wasn't, I, it just wasn't done well. They, the callbacks were too heavy-handed for them to be enjoyable. Yeah. And you're right. It just made me want to watch the first one again. How uh, how did these movies do grossing-wise? Yeah. So let's talk about... Let's talk about that. So the first Matrix, huge success. It was budgeted at $63 million made 466 million worldwide. So of course they wanted more, right? Sure. The second one budget is about 150 and it grossed 742. Wow. Yeah. But then the third one because the second one did better and it was a letdown, the third one was about 150 and grossed 427. 
now yeah that one would have done less than and the newest one the budget was 190 and the box office is 153 ooh so again it's it was made available at home so those with HBO Max could watch it there so who knows what the actual watch rate was online right but i mean that's pretty much a failure when it came out around the same time as no way home and no way home has been has grossed over a billion dollars what are uh, what what if you add the budgets for reloaded and Re- and uh, revolutions together and what they grossed together yeah so the reason i said about 150 is because online they don't know how much each movie was because they did it all at the same time so the budget is 300 for both and so together they made over a billion see so when you when you use a little bit more of uh reloaded to kind of carry some of revolutions because if they were filmed at the same time let's say that 300 million ultimately only ended up being you know 250 because of shooting at the same time or whatever you're still that's that's incredible yeah box office yeah yep i mean it's 1.1 basically or 1.2 almost so yeah it, it is incredible box office but when you look at it standalone which they generally do oh for sure yeah 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 and then this one of course is going to be viewed as a failure because it's grossed less than it costs to make and yeah it's still in theaters so the number will still go up but I don't know if it'll even break what it costs to make it. Where, again, like I said, No Way Home came out the same week or the week before or something like that and has grossed over a billion dollars. The first movie was such a mind F. I really, like, questioned, like, are we are we in a computer program? Because it was so good. Like, am I, am I real? Is this, is this chicken chicken? Did they really make chicken tastes like everything because they didn't know what chicken tasted like like what right i love and we didn't even say it i guess i did say it when i was talking about quotable lines there is no spoon mm-hmm. like that one to me has always stood out yeah yeah it's like, so don't quotable. try don't try to bend the spoon that's impossible only try to realize the truth which is there is no spoon mm-hmm. which is to say don't try to do something that's impossible but realize the truth that nothing is really impossible if you just try right essentially it's saying you can do anything yeah yeah if you look at it from that perspective Mm -hmm. and that was i don't know that was always the thing that i loved yeah i agree i agree it's and and there's just so much of that movie that like you said if you if you want to go deep you really can go deep and it's such i don't know it's it's so well done everything about that first movie is so well done yeah so eric with with all of this being said did matrix resurrections ruin your childhood uh no as far as what does it make me think about the original matrixes um i i think uh i think the first one is and always will be like a classic i mean it's a gold standard as far as a real just simple concise story with depth if you want to go for the depth if you just want to stay on the surface it's it's amazing it's two sequels were questionable for the time and like i said the second one is three quarters of the way through is where you lose me and then that last one and then this just didn't bridge enough between that and this and I know you said they said it, but then I felt like I was just being preached at through the whole movie. <laughs> like all I was getting to do was talk to and and I didn't I wasn't quite buying it. So did it ruin it? No, because I think it's it's on par with the way I felt about the other two sequels, which were I don't I think you tried to be too ambitious with what you wanted to say. And now with this one, I think they were under ambitious with having anything new to say. I'd agree with all of that. 
it didn't ruin my childhood, but it didn't add anything. And, and it, and it either tried or it didn't to actually add anything of substance. I think the best way that I can compare the Matrix Resurrections to the Matrix is by comparing the songs that play over the end credits. Brass Against remakes Rage Against the Machines Wake Up. And just like the Matrix Resurrections, Brass Against can't capture what made the original so unique. And because of how good the original was, trying is failing in this instance. We'll have the original, and that's all we'll need. I think so. So, Eric, where can people find you? Uh, people can find me uh, in the Matrix, actually, just eating red pills all day, because Wonderland is fun. Uh, and while you're in the Matrix, if you want to look me up on Instagram, Eric underscore Walensky, or on Facebook, Eric Walensky, you can do that, too. You can find me at Fildimo, F-I-L-D-I-M-O, on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And also follow the podcast at Podcast Ruined on Instagram and Twitter. Well, we hope that this look back at the Matrix series didn't ruin your childhood. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. I also remember, too, we were talking about the Merovingian and his girlfriend is Persephone. And and Kevin said something about her. And then I said, yeah, well, when uh, Persephone, and he goes, Persephone? And I said, the girlfriend. He's like, Persephone. I said, oh, sorry. I was just reading it the way it was spelled. And he goes, where in the movie did you see her name written? <laughs> and I was like... It was in the Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> and he's just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Persephone, where did you see her name written in the movie? Persephone, my God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>